Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, welcome to Don't Miss This. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. We're so glad that y'all are here with us. If you're new, welcome. So glad to have you along on this journey. We just take uh, a couple of um, chapters that are, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm having a hard time explaining <laughs> that, following the Come Follow Me curriculum and just a couple things in there that we think you don't want to miss, that we love. So, And you can follow us here on YouTube. Um, also, this is fun. Should we announce? We're about to have a podcast, everybody. Oh, yeah. We are probably, by the time of this video, either really close to launching or might have just launched. Uh, we put all of our announcements, all the things that you want to know, you can find either on our our personal Instagram accounts, at Mr. Dave Butler, at Emily Bell Freeman, or we started a new Instagram account at Don't Miss This Study. Um, so all of our news, all of the things we want to talk about, you can find any of those places. We also send out a newsletter every single Monday. Uh, you can sign up for that at emilybellfreeman.com. Is that right? <laughs> yes. So yes. Yeah. And Bell has an E on the end. So yeah. Remember and look that. for that link in our profiles also. That's there. Our website won't be up by then. No. No. Okay. But close. But close. Um, um, and will you watch this before the newsletter comes? No. You want to sign up for the newsletter this week in particular because we have a couple links to videos and stories that um, that you're going to want to use, and we'll talk about that as we get going. So, we wanted to try something a little bit different this week, so there's not a lot written on the board, but we will move out of the way so you can see it. Um, sometimes we like to just shake things up a little bit, so we thought it would be fun. One of the things we love the most about Galatians is and we've kind of talked about this in Corinthians, it has a lot of great one-liners, just things that you would like post on your fridge or post on your mirrors or put on your um, phone, things to remember all through the week. And we thought, would it be so fun if for the book of Galatians, we picked five of our favorite phrases you don't want to miss and you could work on one every day. So maybe you'll put it up in your house somewhere, put it on your front door so your kids see it every day when they walk out to school. We have one for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Each of them has a little story or something to go with it that you might be able to use within your family as you're going throughout this week. Yeah, and you might like uh, in the morning talk about that phrase and then have everybody practice it throughout the day. We left a spot on um, the study guide sheet or you could do it somewhere else like a personal or family or group goal that you kind of set like, hey, this is how we're going to live out that particular one-liner that Sarah, we love this quote from a Bible commentary uh, that we found. It says that this letter to the Galatians has some of the most sublime statements of the meaning of Christian faith and life found in the New Testament. So this is what it means to live out Christian life, which is cool because one of the reasons he's writing this letter to the saints in Galatia is because they're arguing about um, what somebody needs to do in order to be an official Christian. Um, there's a group of those who live there who say, no, 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 to be an official Christian, you have to follow all the old Jewish customs, uh, circumcision, all of the feasts, and then you become an official Christian. And Paul is writing the letter saying, no, this is what it means to live 
the Christian faith in the Christian life. And so we picked just five one-liners from it. Yep. So we, and actually we lied. We didn't just pick five. Some of them have like three that kind of have to do with that thing because there seriously are so many good one-liners in here. So we put our favorite one-liner at the top, but we gave you a lot of verses to choose from as we go through this, um, just for you to be thinking about and working on. And if you like one of the other ones better, you go ahead and choose that one instead. Um, I'm going to start this first box right up here. It, this first line comes from Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And we love this line that is about halfway down verse um, 20. It just says, Christ liveth in me. And we love the thought of that, that, that Christ just lives right inside of you. And what does your life look like if that is true? If you are representing what Christ would do if he lived within you. And there's a couple other places that just back up this statement. The next one is in chapter 2 verse 20 oh no that's the one i just read is in chapter 1 verse 15 and 16 it says this but when it pleased god who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that i might preach him among the heathen immediately i conferred not with flesh and blood neither went i up to jerusalem to them which were apostles before me but i went to arabia and returned again to damascus and the important part of that that was a lot of <laughs> words going on but the important part that we love about that is when it pleased God to reveal his son in me. And it's almost as if he's saying, at the moment when God needed me, he revealed his son in me. And I was able to live out the mission he had in mind for me at that moment. And, and that other part in there at the beginning of 15 when it said, it pleased God to separate me from my mother's womb. Or in other words, God knew exactly when he wanted to send me to the earth, right? To reveal the character of God and Christ in me. Mm -hmm. and, and not just when you're born, but that's going to happen throughout our lives. There will be certain moments when it pleases God to send you somewhere where he can reveal his son through you to someone else. And we love the power of that idea. And then it's again found in chapter 4, Galatians 4, um, verse 4 and it says but when the fullness of the time was come god sent forth his son and um, you could change that phrase the fullness of the time too but when the precise moment was come god sent forth his son and it makes you start thinking that god has a plan um for each of us in fact we were going to look up that maxwell yeah, quote we'll be looking it up um that he orchestrates things to happen at just the right time when he will send us in that precise moment to someone where he can reveal Christ through us to that person, whoever needs it. I actually had an experience um, about this. I wrote about it on my Instagram this week. Um, just a couple days ago, we were having some discussions in our family and trying to make some really important decisions. And as we were debating those decisions, I put Megan in the car and I was like, we are just going to go to the temple. That is what we're going to do right now. And the temple we chose to go to was not the one that is closest to our house. It was the Ogden Temple. And we jumped in our car and we drove all the way up there. And when we got out of the car, it was so hot. Why is it so hot right now in August? We don't know. Um, at least we're not in Texas. In at August. least we are not in Texas. It is stupid hot there. Yes. And it was so hot. I got out of the car 
And Meg was still fiddling around with some things and I did not have the patience to wait. So I was like, I just have to run for the shade, which was on that side of the temple. And so I walked as fast as I could. I and saw remember everyone just to live in the to, shade always. Yes, that is so true. I have to live in the shade. So I was going straight for the shade. And as I walked up to that path that's right on the east side of the temple, a lot of people were coming um, down that same pathway. I saw this man in a suit who had just come out of the temple and there was another couple. And right in between those two people, there was this boy walking and he had his backpack on and he had a baseball cap on. And I noticed that he had a tattoo right where his left eyebrow should have been and his head was kind of down and his pants were down low. and. As I was walking up to go to the bench, I was going to cross in front of him. And I just felt the spirit whisper to me, smile at the boy in the baseball cap. And so I did. I just, I looked right at him and I smiled. And it was interesting because he stopped and like contemplated me in that moment. And I didn't quite know what to do. So I just kept walking to the bench in the shade. And the boy followed me to the bench in the shade. And I sat down. And I just looked up at him and I said, how are you doing? And he said, not good. And I said, oh, and I said, um, you know, we're going through some stuff in our family too. And I actually came here today because we have some decisions we need to be making. And this is a good place to come and to think. And it was so interesting because the boy said back to me, that's why I chose to walk this way too, down this path too. Um, because I have some decisions I need to make. And um, I, I said to him, this is a really good place to come when you need to make decisions, when you need to receive inspiration. And he just looked at me for a minute and then he nodded his head at me and then he turned and started walking away. And I, in my mind, I had prepared for like big conversation with the boy. <laughs> like I was like, the spirit told me, smile at him. And then he stopped and then he followed me to my bench. And I was waiting for this conversation and he just turned and started walking away. And I was like, was that it? Was that everything I was supposed to do? And so I yelled after him as he walked away. If you need someone to talk to, um, come back. And he didn't even look back at me. He just kept walking on his way. And went to the stoplight and I watched him walk across the street and my heart just ached for him. Do you know those moments when you're just like, oh, my heart just ached for whatever it was that he was carrying that he chose to walk down that path because it, it didn't look like a path someone like him would normally choose to walk down. And it kind of pulled at my heart that he, he had come to walk down that sidewalk hoping to receive a little bit of inspiration. And I thought to myself in that moment, well, I don't know his name. I don't know how to find him. I feel like we didn't really finish that conversation. And so what was I supposed to do? And immediately the thought came to mind, just pray for him. Just pray for that boy. So I said a quick prayer right then. And then I said a prayer when we were driving home from the temple. And that night I said a prayer for him before I went to bed. And in the middle of the night when I woke up, I said another prayer for him. And I thought to myself, I don't know what the spirit had in mind in that moment. I do know I was supposed to smile at that boy. And I feel like maybe just even those prayers for him all night long. Sadly, I'll never know the end of that story. I don't even know who that boy maybe. was. But sometimes God puts us in those places, in mm -hmm. those moments. And we just have this little connection. We may not even know why, but when, um, when Christ lives in us,
then maybe we do what he would do. And you know we've said this a hundred times this year as we've taught the New Testament, that Christ meets people where they are, as they are, but he doesn't intend to leave them there. And I know that is true for that boy. I know it is. And um, that maybe my job was just to smile and pray for that boy, but, but Christ knows what to do for that boy. And he will work through each of us in situations like that, sometimes they have a better end of resolution. And sometimes maybe we're just there to give the smile, but he knows how to orchestrate life so that we can be there for each other. Yeah, here's that quote that's so good from Elder Maxwell. He said, The same God that placed that star in a precise orbit millennia before it appeared over Bethlehem in celebration of the birth of the babe has given at least equal attention to the placement of each of us in precise human orbits so that we may, if we will, illuminate the landscape of our individual lives so that our light may not only lead others, but warm them as well. Oh, it is such a great quote. It's such I a love good that one, right? Because so you're just like, so well, much. first, like you thought to yourself, like, oh, that's so interesting that like God put a star in orbit so that it would hit the right spot in the night sky with enough light to come to the earth so it would reach the earth in that time. And I love that he says he gives at least equal attention to these human orbits. That he's mm -hmm. orchestrating these divine rendezvous between all of us, mm -hmm. either to lead or to warm each other. Maybe in like a moment like that, it was a warming moment instead of a leading one. And you can't help but think of all the places that are in the world and of all the thousands of years of history. Like, what if I had bought the house one city over? Mm -hmm. Or what if I had waited 10 minutes? You know what I mean? Just these things like, why did Landon come into my life at that time? Or Daisy or Spencer or Jenny or, you know, or mm -hmm. Megan? Why did we pick that house? Why did we learn this? Le like all these like, you yeah, know, And you just see this divine orchestration taking place. And I love when every so often you are made aware of heaven's connection in yeah. that moment. I love when that happens. So for um, the day that you choose to do this, Christ lives in me. Maybe that morning you will say a special prayer and just say to the Lord, I am willing to be on your errand today. And just let me know whose orbit I need to be placed yeah. in today. Yeah. And, and do I bring warmth there? Or do I bring um, my testimony of Christ into that situation? What do we bring? Um, but what does it look like to let Christ live in us and, and be used in the precise moment when God needs us on that day? So there's yeah. day one. Okay, perfect. All right, day number two is this one right here. This line comes from chapter six, and it is in verse um, nine, where the line that we chose. And Paul says, we talked a lot about this last week, um, but Paul says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. And in these other two verses that are with it, 6.2 and 2.10, you'll see the phrases about bearing one another's burdens in one of them. And then the other one in 2.10, he says, to remember the poor. Mm. Um, but I love how he finishes this. Let us not be weary or let's not get tired in doing good. Meaning, don't give up. Keep going. Because he says, for in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Right? He says, you are going to see the results of doing good in the world. As long as you don't give up, just keep doing good mm -hmm. everywhere that you go. We both um, have talked, we've talked about this before, that we went down to um, Mexico and there's an orphanage that we um, visited and helped out there a couple of times. 
Emily's been a couple of times. I've been once with the kids. And there in the, um, near the orphanage is this um, dump, right? A trash dump. And there's a little church that is, has been built right in the middle of it. And they feed breakfast to everybody that lives in the trash dump every day. And for most of them, that's the only meal that they get. The kids come before school. The men come before work. Um, and it's the only meal um, that, that most of them mm-hmm. eat that day. And there is this girl there. And she's from the East Coast. Wasn't she from the East Coast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her name was Bree. And uh, she's been there every time that we've been there. And one, uh, when we were there together, we decided to go to the grocery store and fill up laundry baskets full of just necessities and baby items and soaps that the families would need. And uh, she rode with us to the store. And we kind of got her story because she is this young, cute, um, you know, American yeah, barely twenty, age. The yeah. only American in the whole entire dump. She works in the church and yeah, everyone else is from Tijuana who comes and works in the church and, and comes and eats in the church. And then you've got this young girl. Yeah, who's just there. And so as we drove, we asked her, like, what? Why did you come here in the first place? And like... When, you know, and then she said, you know, I was just wondering what God wanted me to do to lift other people's burdens. And, and I found myself here. She came on a, she went on a youth, like mm-hmm. a trip with her church and it impressed her so deeply when she was there that she decided to go back. But what we love most about that story is she said, cause we said, well, how long are you going to be here? When, like when, how long's the trip? And she'd been there for <laughs> years. Like years. She already. taught herself Spanish by writing Spanish words in spiral notebooks. That's how she became fluent in Spanish. And I think she'd been there three years yeah. when we were there. So we said, how long are you going to stay? And she said, I wake up every morning and I ask God, where do you need me? And uh, every morning for the past three years, he'd said, I need you in the dump serving breakfast. Um, and, and so she says, that's where I go. And one day I might wake up and, and he'll ask me to go somewhere else. But I love that there's a consistency there. If you went there, you would wonder, you know, ha- have you reaped anything yet? Like mm-hmm. what has come from this mission that you've gone on? And I think one day she'll see that. But I love that idea of continually asking, where do you need me? And what good do you need me to do? And just don't ever get tired of doing good. Right. Last week we talked about never suppress a generous mm-hmm. thought. Right. There's always something good uh, to be done in the world. And so for this day number two, or whatever order you want to do it in, um, this is the idea: be not weary in well doing. And what are you going to do that day to do good? And and we've talked about this before. That send me on an errand. Right. It's yeah. kind of similar to that first one, but. What good are, are we going to do? Maybe especially in those circumstances that you don't feel like nothing is happening here, right? But to keep doing good, uh, keep loving, keep serving, keep smiling, you know, yeah, all And it the, might be good things. to differentiate these two. Uh, this first day Christ lives in me is an opportunity where you can meet someone where they are as they are and, and allow them to see Christ through you. Where this one might be more um, of a secret act of kindness. Yeah, do or, something um, good. Yeah, something like that may help you to separate those. Um, the third one comes from chapter 5 in Galatians. There are two verses here, but three thoughts we want you to remember. Um, Paul says, stand fast, be not entangled. And um, then he tells him in verse 7, you did run well. And we love the thought of that. Stand fast, be not entangled, and run well. 
And as we were thinking about what would that look like um, in our lives today, it reminded us of one of our favorite Olympic moments ever. Are you guys Olympic watchers? We hope you are. We love the Olympics. At our house, we stay up all night long and watch all of the Olympics. I know, it ruins your whole day, depending on... Like, yes, for two weeks, happens. For two yes. weeks, you're ruined. And, you don't um, sleep. On this particular night, it was the Winter Olympics, and I remember this. We were watching, and um, it had been the downhill racing, the women's downhill race, and then... After that race, it wasn't over yet, but there was a clear winner in the race. There was no one else behind the lady who was in the position to take the gold um, that was going to take it. And so they switched us over to figure skating. I can remember the switch happening because I love figure skating. And so I was so happy. And I happy groaned when they when, moved to figure skating. When the figure skating came on. And then we if that happened to all of you, which I'm sure it did, we all missed the best Olympic moment in all of that year's Olympics. All Olympic history. It is top it five is so for good. sure. So this cute girl gets up to do the downhill. She's not really a downhill racer. She's a snowboarder. That's, that is what she does. But she loves doing the downhill. And so she just competes in it simply because she loves it. And because she's a snowboarder and all of her equipment and everything she's sponsored by is snowboarding equipment, she has to use hand-me-downs to race the downhill race, which you love. So she gets up to do the race and she's at the starting gate and she starts and she's going down the hill. We're going to put this video in the newsletter for you so you can watch it because it is going to be one of your favorite things you've watched all week. And she just is going down that hill. And meanwhile, the the television is showing you the girl who they think is going to take the gold and everyone's congratulating her and she's hugging people and everybody's so happy about what's going on. And meanwhile, Esther is just racing her race. She is just racing and she gets down almost to the bottom and you see those, you know, when they line up the scores together and you can see Esther is ahead. And then the announcers start thinking like, wait a minute, what is about to happen here? And she gets down and goes through the finish line and comes around and she has taken the gold medal. And the look on her face, you, you just see her. And she's like looking at that clock and she's like, wait a minute, what just happened? And she keeps trying to tell people, this isn't right. Something is wrong. And, and a man comes up to her and, and he tells her she's won the gold medal. And she says, no, there must be some mistake. And then they keep telling her, no, you won the gold medal. And you love that she says, how did this happen? She says to them. And everyone who's watching is having that same reaction of how did that happen? And it happened simply because this was a girl who loves that race. She loves that sport. She got up there. There was nothing that was going to hold her back. She wasn't entangled by anything. She just ran well down that hill. She gave it everything she had. She enjoyed every minute of it. And because of it, she won the gold medal in a sport she was not meant to win the gold medal in. And we, we're dying for you to watch the reaction, but we just love um, that simple pureness of her giving everything she had into that moment. And so that's going to be the challenge for this day is how can you stand fast? How can you not entangle yourself? How can you run well in an area that has to do with Christ today? Um, what would that look like if you were to give it everything that you have? Um, I read a newspaper article about this girl after the race, 
and she doesn't take her glasses off. And she said the reason why she didn't is because she didn't do her hair or put her makeup on because she didn't think <laughs> anyone would notice her um, on that day. She just was going to do her thing and then go back to what she did. And she ended up like being interviewed and being all over. Yeah, all over the news. Um, but she just was so like quietly going about her business and doing this thing that she felt passionate about doing just for herself. And maybe that's what this day looks like. Is It's not about what everyone else is going to notice. It's not about what everyone else is going to see. But where is a place where you can stand fast and be not entangled by anything holding you back and just give yourself 100% to the cause of Christ today what would that look like? And I love that when uh, one of the articles I read about her said when she was younger, you know, and training for both, everybody counseled her against doing both sports. Like you can't do both of them. Nobody does snowboarding and downhill. And and it was cool because the article actually said it was the New York Times, but she held her ground <laughs> and she said, people told me it wasn't possible to win in both, but I guess today I showed it's possible, you know? <laughs> she <laughs> she's really the cutest girl. thing. Oh, you she's just like, love her. Just by giving yeah. her very best, you know, that's yeah. what was so awesome. Okay, the next one is this one right here. We're going to skip down to this one. It's um, We use, use this phrase called known of God. And I love this one so much. It's in Galatians chapter 4. And um, and if you, oh, did I put the, oh, I did include 6. I was like, oh, no, I forgot my favorite one. <laughs> um, he says, and because your sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba. Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And uh, what I love about this is um, two things. One, he says, there is that moment when when Christ, when that spirit uh, of the Lord comes into us, we realize that we're no longer his servants, but that we're actually his sons. You know, Jesus has this at his baptism, right? When God calls from the clouds and says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, right? And we might know that like cognitively, like mentally, like, oh yeah, I'm a son. I'm not a servant of God. I'm a son. But he's talking about that moment when we actually realize when like the spirit pricks our heart and touches our heart and says, no, really, it's not a metaphor. You really are a son of of God. And he uses that phrase that Jesus uses in, in the Garden of Gethsemane when he cries, Abba, Father. That word Abba is an Aramaic word that actually means like daddy. Like it's a really like close, like a like something a little, uh, a young child would use with their father, a really intimate way of, of calling out to their, you know, father. Because sometimes father seems even a little bit like that. Um, I think I've told this story before, but it was one of the first weeks. And so we've got, you know, some people might not have heard this, mm -hmm. but. And it's such a good story. One it of my really favorites. It's so cute. Um, I came, uh, went up to bed one time and there on the side of my bed was this little note, like these little pages that had been ripped out of this little notepad and stapled along the side and then written in the cutest, like eight year old handwriting was just like this note with backwards letters, you know, dear dad is what it said on the front and so i'm flipping through the pages and it says this and it says what happened was this you know that's how it started in this green marker what happened was this i took your laser pointer to school which i didn't know i had one everybody and i lost it i went up and down all the hallways and looked for it i think when i pulled my lunchbox out of my backpack it must have fallen out 
I love that it's yeah. this big story. It really is. And then you would turn the page. And it's like all these booklets. You turn mm. the page. I still have the little book. You turn the page and it's just like, tomorrow I will go ask the front office if they found it. If they didn't, I will do extra chores to earn the money to buy you a new laser pointer. Um, and then it says, um, love Jack. And then it put at the very end, P.S. Can you ever forgive me? Uh, and when I read that line, um, I just sobbed. And, uh, and Jenny was like, are you okay? What is wrong? You know, and I handed her the booklet for her to read. And then she just cried too. And I turned to her and I said, Jenny, now I know why God is so quick to forgive. It's because we aren't his servants talking to a master. We're not criminals talking to a judge. We are sons. We are daughters. We are children crying out to a father, daddy. Like, And, and it was that moment where the Spirit taught me. I'd known for years and years and years that I was a child of God. I grew up singing it. But in that moment, God helped me realize and really feel it deeply that I was, you know, his actual child, you know. And so it's always been that beautiful experience for me. And that's like, you know, mm -hmm. when I moved, I feel like that's the moment when I moved from servant um, uh, over to son. And then I love after telling us that, Paul says in verse 9, And now, after you have known God, or rather are known of God, why are you turning to the weak and beggarly elements of this world? Why are you putting yourself in bondage? He's like, you, you don't need any of that stuff anymore. Once you know God and you are known of God, you know, then everything changes for you. And so on this day, we maybe want to talk about like and, and, and look for those moments where like where I am known of God. Right? How do I, or to remember him or to share stories with it, how do I know that he's actually not just like loves the world, but loves me personally? What are my evidences of that and, and to look for that and, and um, hopefully have moments to feel that? Mm -hmm. And find his fingerprint. Yeah, just look, somewhere. look for where he's moving yeah. in, your, in, your, in your story. And then maybe just share that that night at dinner. This is where I was known of God today in my story would be so powerful. The last one we want to take you to is this live in the spirit. It's Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And maybe the most famous, these are the ones like everyone knows yeah, the book of Galatians yep, 4. Yep, is this one. And I just want you to think about it for a minute. Um, I have a grandson whose name is Luca. He's 18 months old. And he loves fruit. He loves all fruit. And all fruit is called apple. All. It doesn't matter. You can pull out grapes, and as soon as he sees it, apple, apple, yes, apple, apple, he'll tell you. And um, tonight we were at a family dinner, and they were making the salads, and they had put tomatoes on there. And right when he saw him, he was like, apple, 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 yes, apple. He wanted that apple. And it doesn't, we can get out peaches, we can get out anything. Everything is an apple. And we all laughed about it tonight that. Um, one day when he really gets an apple, is he going to be disappointed because he thinks it's all of these things. But it's interesting because here in Galatians, um, Paul wants to tell us, let me tell you about the fruit of the Spirit. And it's not just one. And he's going to give us this whole list of all of these fruits of the Spirit. And before we read what that list is, I just want to read verse 25 and then I'm going to come back up to 22 because he says, if we live in the Spirit, then let us also walk in the spirit. Um, 
And so it, it is this like all encompassing opportunity we have to be in the spirit. And then he says, but this is what I want to tell you. The spirit isn't just going to do one thing. The spirit is not just an apple. Um, it's going to do for you what you need right now in your life. And I love as you go through this list because what he says to you is what what is it that you need from the spirit? Because that's what the spirit is going to be for you. Do you need love? Then the spirit will be love. Do you need joy right now? Because the spirit will be joy. Are you longing for peace in your life? Because the spirit will bring you peace. Do you need someone to suffer with you? Because the spirit can do that. Do you need someone to be gentle with you or to bring goodness or to strengthen faith? or to help you understand meekness, or I love this temperance, or in other words, do you need more self-control? Because the Spirit is going to be for you whatever you need from the Spirit right now. And it's so amazing because we talk about the Spirit a lot. We talk about how um, we can learn the language of the Spirit, or the Spirit will speak to us in a language that we understand. Mm -hmm. And this is such a beautiful description of that, that the Spirit is gonna be for you whatever you need today. And so maybe on this day, you gather together with your family and maybe you write all those words down on a piece of paper and then you say to your kids or the people you study with, what is the word you need today? Um, take that with you and walk in that. Live in that word for this whole day and let the spirit become that for you, whatever word you need. And then to talk about that experience of, of what does it feel like when, when we allow the Spirit to bring that kind of fruit into our life? Yeah, and I love that line after in 23 where it says, against such there is no law. Mm. And I've always read that line to mean like, there's no like rules for how the Spirit like influences mm -hmm. and comes in. And, and you know, some of these things we've talked about, we can't force some of, you know, spiritual experiences. We can't say like, oh, this is gonna be this today or whatever. But I love that he's just saying like, like the wind, he'll mm -hmm. just come and he'll go and he'll bring peace or he'll bring patience or he'll bring a, an expanded heart. And, and so it's neat to like look and to see like what fruits of the spirit am I seeing like moving and, yeah. and, and working. And, and uh, we, I love that it's a whole list because mm -hmm. like for mom, it might be this and for, you know, little brother, it might be like, this is what they're going to see in that. So that's like a really... Maybe make a like a, it'd be cool to make a tree, yeah. you know, or something. And like, here so are the awesome. different fruits of the yeah. spirit that we're walking mm -hmm. through. And we just want to end on this verse because it kind of just goes along with that. In chapter six, Paul ends the letter to the Galatians, where he says this: "From henceforth, let no man trouble me." Um, remember, he has a lot of people who want to just accuse him of whether he's the right kind of apostle that they're looking for. But he says, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And when somebody lives in the spirit, when they're not weary and well-doing, when he's in them, when they stand fast, when they are known of him and, and know him, um, that person has the marks of Christ in them. And I think those marks are the fruits of the spirit mm -hmm. that we talked about, that they begin to love more. That, that when, when someone lives in this way, they're changed. They become more patient. They become um, more, you know, long-suffering, which mm -hmm. same kind of thing. They believe. They hope more. And those are the marks of the Lord Jesus that are in a person. You could almost say, like, that person, remember last week, like, I knew a man in Christ, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, that is, you know, um, 
what that looks like. I, I love that line from uh, um, Elder Ashton uh, when he said, um, one of the best ways to know that a person is converted uh, is by the way that they treat other people. Hmm. And that would be an example of the mark yeah. of Christ, you know, in me. But you'll start noticing these things work yeah, and move so in good. you. So, and you might find other, um, other verses in here that you love or other phrases also in here that you love. And maybe you'll just add them. We left you a little square for more thoughts, notes, ideas, um, any of these these one-liners that just help you become a better Christian, live a better Christian yeah. life. Um, that's what we love about the book of Galatians. So hopefully this is a really fun week. We'd love to hear about your experiences. Okay, everyone. See you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.